0: Hey, Storm Freaks, it's Phil, and it's all about the movie 13 Minutes, and we've got director and co-writer Lindsay Gosling, as well as executive producer Travis Farncombe in the studio.
1: I don't know. There's a degree of responsibility. If you're going to make a Storm movie, uh, let's do it right, and let's, tr- let's try and have an impact. So that's the approach that Lindsay and I took on, on 13 Minutes.
0: And more hashtag weather fools and some new WX resources all coming up on episode 143 of the Stormfront Freaks.
2: Going green. Greenage. Saddle up. You got it, boss.
0: Hey, welcome to the most entertaining weather podcast. This is the award-winning Stormfront Freaks podcast. Uh, it's part of the Stormfront Freaks Network. I want to give a uh, shout-out and thanks to all of our Patreon members for supporting the show. Uh, We've got Dan and Angela in the house as well tonight. Uh, You can also join us uh, if you go to patreon.com slash stormfrontfreaks, and uh, go ahead and you can be live with us in the chat or even on the show with our guests. Uh, I mentioned we are a network, uh, believe it or not. Not much of one, but we are one. Uh, On the other show... In the Stormfront Freaks Network is El Nino's. It's the uh, Tornado Hunters podcast. I haven't heard you guys say it much like that anymore, Greg, so we must have lost the, uh, that, that emphasis. But um, you can always catch El Nino's usually on the opposite weeks. I think, I think Greg and the gang are about to come back off of their fall break with some new episodes, but uh, you got to stop teasing us, Greg. When, when are you going to drop another show?
3: Uh, we're going to have one up next week. No kidding. Okay, who, uh, who do you yep. got? Uh the the next up is George Coronis. Uh storm chaser from Canada. Uh he uh has a show called uh, Angry Planet and uh really interesting cat.
0: Is he angry? Oh he's angry. Really? What's he drink? <laughs> <laughs> he drinks something. Uh but hey, on that cue, Maz, you know it's always happy hour every time we record. Uh, certainly tonight's no different, it just kind of lets everybody know we like to have a good time uh, as we sit around uh, our poker table and kind of talk a little bit about weather. Um, so we're going to find out what everybody's drinking and find out who's actually here tonight. MJ, I'm going to start up with you, uh, our producer and, and our skyworn coordinator up in Minnesota. What do you got?
2: Yeah, I got to do a little driving after the show, so I'm drinking Diet Mountain Dew
1: tonight.
0: All yeah. right. Where are you driving to? Uh, I have to go out to our lake place and uh, try to keep up with the falling leaves. Wow. Um, do you, are you, you guys, you have a fall break tomorrow or how are you off at of work tomorrow? No, I'm going to work from there. From there the you mor- go. From the morning and then in the afternoon, mm-hmm. I'm going to start. There you go. COVID hangover. That's Correct. what we we'll call that a COVID hangover. All right. Serena, our former meteorologist at the Mount Washington Observatory, usually have some kind of a weather themed beer, but what do you got tonight?
4: I do. I oh. have a beer that's called Life in the Clouds. It's a double dry hopped IPA and it is spectacular.
0: Must be really dry, really hoppy. <laughs> I love it here. Wow, they, I I went to a, you know a, a, a like a beer tasting festival. This is a few years back, but they had a keg. This was a home brew uh, co- uh, group had a tent, and they had this hopped up IPA. But in the so coming out of the keg in the tapper, they also had some, they had something filled with a bunch of hops. So, as the beer came out, it also went through the hops before it came out the end of the tap into your beer. So that was like triple dry That's hopped, wow. I think. Cool.
4: But did it have a weather name?
0: It did not. No, it wasn't that cool. So, Maz, our former on yeah. camera meteorologist in Cincinnati, Maz, what are you drinking tonight?
4: Well, hey,
2: I went to, I got Braxton. Yeah. Garage beer. Ooh. And as you can tell. Yeah. I've already finished <laughs> yeah. it, so it was a long introduction. Crush it! <laughs> yeah, it was, wasn't
0: it? That was a good, good 30, 45 minute introduction. Uh, Jen, the, our contributor and former social media specialist at the Weather Channel, um, you got some hot chocolate tonight, or what are we? What are we tipping back?
5: No, uh, I actually got some sparkling water. That's what I'm tipping back tonight. You're I crazy. swear, though. So I will You're make crazy. a promise. <laughs> I will make a promise to you, Phil. Uh-oh. Like. One of the next two shows before the end of the year, I will have a drink. I will okay, that. Jennifer, if that's sparkling
2: time. water, did you get that in Flint, Michigan, or what the that's heck?
0: That's right. <laughs>
5: <laughs> no. At the grocery it's like a two liter. She's like popping back a two. You know,
0: Jen, this is what we call people like you. We call them double OC, out of control. You are out of control. Uh, Greg, our storm chaser and photographer with the uh, tornado just, hunters, what are you drinking? I just can't even believe that Jen is still on this show.
3: She never has a drink. It's not fair. I'm having uh, I'm having my drink called uh, 14 Minutes. <laughs> <Okay>.
0: um, <laughs> That's how long it's going to take me to drink it. It's going to be quick. (laughs) It's going to be quick. We better get this show going uh, before we get further. So on that note, uh, Greg, I'm going to go ahead and let you introduce the esteemed guest from the 13 Minutes film.
3: All right. We're here with Lindsay Gosling, who's the writer and director and producer, (laughs) uh, whose work is driven by social justice and the notion of everyday survival, her first feature film, Un had its world premiere at Sundance in 2018 in the World Cinema Dramatic Competition and went on to become Cuba's official selection for the Academy Awards. Lindsay is the director and co-writer of 13 Minutes. And we're also joined by Travis Farncombe. Now, Travis is a storm chaser. He's also the producer... Uh, of this uh, film. Uh, Travis has been storm chasing for over 10 years. He's a resident of Toronto. He frequents the central U.S. plains and is also a storm guide for silver lining tours. Now, Travis is the founder of the social media chasing website, Highways Highways and Hailstones. And he's also uh, a, uh, uh, well, we, we we're going to call him a co-writer, but we're... Not calling him a co-writer now. He's the producer of 13 Minutes. Welcome. Hi, (laughs) guys.
6: Thank you so much. You got it. There it is.
3: (laughs) That was a mouthful. I know. I know. All right, Greg, go ahead. Yeah, well, okay. Listen, Travis, I have to hit you first with this question. Um, When we ran into you uh, this year in Saskatchewan chasing storms, um, I asked you, you know, what do you do for a living? And you said, well, I'm in film. And uh, I think you really undersold uh, yourself this year, considering you're coming out with this amazing film, 13 Minutes.
1: I know, but here I am overselling myself, right? Like, we're <laughs> we're really getting at it this week. It's a big week for us, for sure. Uh, 13 Minutes is, you know, out tomorrow in the U.S., the next week in Canada— um, and to be honest with you, Greg, like when I go and like bump into you in Saskatchewan or Alberta or wherever it was last summer, um, you know, obviously I've been working on this for years and know this is coming down the pipe, but like, it feels a, a heck of a lot more real tonight than it did, uh, did out there on the plains with you. So it's, yeah, it's, it's a good week for us.
3: Yeah. And Lindsay, uh how did you guys meet up like how did where did the connection come uh between the two of you
6: so we've known each other for years forever and ever and uh you know we yeah we've just known each other forever i don't even know we go back so far but um you know when we when we first kind of got together and i've obviously known about travis's passion for tornadoes and um desire to drive towards them when everybody else is driving away uh for a long time and uh you know, the whole film sort of started to come about when we started talking about some of the the, the challenges and the social, you know, the the dangers and the risks to communities. Um, it was sort of the inception and, and the beginning of conversations that led to this film. And Travis, uh,
3: why, like, uh, listen, we're storm chasers, you're a storm chaser. Why did you not take the storm chaser side of this thing? Like um like this movie is built around these people and their stories and their 13 minutes why not the storm chase you know the storm chasers are going to be a little bit pissed off at you
1: yeah that's okay (laughs) they they can (laughs) they can sit this one out. storm chasers have a lot of tornado movies frankly like that's uh you know there's a lot of really fun tornado movies out there there's a lot of kind of goofy tornadoes out there, tornado movies out there, but we wanted to make a real one. And, you know, in this case, we we actually wanted to, uh, to also, you know, teach some kind of undercover lessons in this. We want to have a cultural impact. We want people to remember what Carlos did wrong in his moment of survival and what Jess and Anna did right. And so for us, we kind of decided, you know what, let's let's leave storm chasers out of this you know they've had their moment in the sun if we want to tell a real story and lean into the realism of these events you know you do that by talking about the people that are actually impacted you know storm chasers go out have a good time love seeing a a tornado out there on the open prairie when it's not impacting at anything but all of us are you know know that one of those realities is that it can happen To communities, and so I think that there's, um, I don't know, there's a degree of responsibility. If you're going to make a storm movie, uh, let's do it right, and let's let's try and have an impact. So that's the approach that Linz and I took on on Thirteen Minutes. No sharks. (laughs) No sharks in this. (laughs) We we talked about sharks lots, but there are no sharks.
4: That's not surprising, though, what you say here, Travis, because when I was looking at it, when I was watching this movie, I was thinking, wow, you guys really have prioritized weather safety. I'm actually going to say that this is probably one of the most educational weather movies out there from a weather safety perspective that I've ever seen. And I thought that was really awesome. And I think a big part of that um, to what helped was the character building you guys did. So, Lindsay. <laughs> This story, I felt like, really built the characters in the beginning more so than other stories I've seen. And I feel like that was probably really important in driving some of these lessons home. Can you talk a little bit about why
6: it was so important to develop these characters in the beginning? It really was. I mean, this is an ensemble. We have an ensemble cast. It's an ensemble film. Um, you know, so you don't have a ton of time to introduce everybody and uh, get the audience to you know, know who they are, relate to them, like them. Um, because very soon we're going to destroy their world and we have to care about them before we do that. So, um, you know, it was important for each and every one of them um, to have, you know, one of the things that so I'm just going to sidestep a little bit, but I will come back. You know, when we meet each one of these characters, they're all going through something like huge in their life. They're, we're meeting each one of them at sort of a, a pinnacle or a turning point in their own life. And you know, that was important because the tornado itself, it it hits once. I mean, we got one hit with the tornado. And so when we meet everybody, they're going through this, um, you know, we're meeting them at the culmination of like a crisis moment in their life. Um, And then the tornado is going to rip through um, and destroy that world. Um, So yeah, I mean, it was essential from the outset to to have characters that were relatable. Another thing is to your earlier, what we were talking about with the weather messaging, one of the things when Travis and I first started talking about this, we were talking about all the problems that that are had in terms of getting people to respond properly to weather warnings. And some of those things were, you know, people, you know, they just don't listen because they think they know better when they're being told very clearly what to do. They don't understand because of um, or they get confused by mixed messaging and outdated advice or they don't understand because of language barriers. And so as we were talking about each one of those communication problems, we also felt that they would really marry up well with each one of our sets of characters and each one kind of experiencing one of those related um, uh, communication issues in their own
1: world. And if I could if I could add to that, I would I would just say like. Everyone on this panel knows that tornado warnings are actually pretty good a lot of the time now, like the science, the meteorological science is really in place. But at the end of that line is the social science. It's the human element. And so what we did was we take you to a place where that's that human element um, is on display and you're going to see. Um, how circumstances matter, choices matter, and the responses matter. And so that's really kind of, I would say, what what drove drove the characters to that point where they are all behaving the way that they do. And all of that makes or breaks all of their different moments of survival.
2: So this, I, I didn't realize till I actually looked it up. It was actually filmed in El Reno as one of the locations, which is notorious for one of the worst tornadoes in history of the world um how did you decide on El reno and minco and when you went there did you have to be sensitive to the people living there like as this movie comes in are there are there still some like ptsd going on with people or i mean like what y'all have to do to prepare for this
6: an interesting question. You know, people were very open. Everybody wants to talk about what happened. Um, I, they were more willing and open to speak with us anyway. I didn't feel like we were um, overly, you know, needing to couch anything. It's very much a reality for them. Um, in terms of the place and finding it when we, I, I had never been to Oklahoma until we were location scouting. And, uh, and Travis took took us down, me and our other producer, Karen Harnish, and we drove around. And uh, when we came to El Reno, it was just absolutely perfect in terms of this world that we were setting up. You know, it was the size, it was the downtown, it was the character of the place. Um So yeah, as a location, it just absolutely fit the bill in terms of what we were looking for. And then people were, everybody was telling us stories about, you know, tornadoes they had experienced or the big tornado or where they were when it happened. Um, So yeah, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of stories, a lot of learning was done by listening to them.
0: The weather,
2: I I loved the weather areas in this, Uh, just real quick. I just wanted to say, you know, Travis, in Twister, for example, everybody knows Twister. In Twister, the hail it was it was like I got it out of my my fr- refrigerator freezer. You know, it was coming out as crushed ice. In this, I was very impressed with the hail. It's some of the stuff that the weather <laughs> people who watch from before are going to watch and go, "Oh, that was how'd y'all do it?"
1: All right, so that just warms my heart because the hail was was our most challenging VFX element. We worked with an amazing we worked company. Three Toronto for all of the visual effects in the film, and hail was the one thing where it was it was really hard to get it to read on screen, and we were getting down to the wire because you've only got so long for post production, um, and it was actually like the last one or two passes where where it was like oh man that's it we got it now you know we uh, all of that hail that you see in the film is visual effects you know with the exception of a couple like snowballs that were hucked at thora birch as she ran through through a parking lot and all of the credit that for that goes to to the vfx team who just took visual references we gave them you know videos and said this is softball size hail this is what it really looks like this is what we want and they just like ran with it as far as they could and nailed it and you know i mean i will i will also say like there's I hope that all of the weather watchers and weather enthusiasts on this panel will have noticed stuff like the, the wind, you know, we have inflow. It's, it's so common in these films, you know, the wind's blowing the wrong direction. You know, it's, it's like, Oh, you know, big tornado, but they're all in the outflow. So we got that specific on it where we were moving wind machines around to make sure, and and credit goes to Lindsay for that, to make sure that we were that true to the the nature of this, because we know that audiences are going to feel that, whether they know it, uh, you know, educationally or intrinsically, they're going to get it.
6: I love that. Oh, and, go ahead. Oh, just to add to that a little bit. I mean, this was one of the things we wanted to make this the most realistic tornado that had, has ever been seen on screen. You know, we wanted it to feel real and authentic and this, you know, to create this giant rain wrapped beast. Um, You know, everything from all the sky replacements that have been done all the way through, um, you know, meticulous time and care and all of Travis's consultation and, you know, picking every sky and cloud so carefully to make sure that it tracked with this day um, all lends itself to that. And he's, he's under playing his role in the hail a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it was so meticulous in terms of like the velocity of fall and the rate and the bounce height. Um, so yes, company three absolutely nailed it. And they, but they went with, you know, we went through iterations and iterations to get that hill, right? Cause that is so hard to do. I mean, you, like you say, it's very hard to recreate, um, practically, like special effects team had created some really really good like they made ice balls and then they packed it with you know lighter stuff and they shaved it and they tried they made some really great physical hail but the visual effects team um, you know it took a lot of craft to get that hail right and I would have I to think say- that
1: was a complimentary way to call me a pain in the ass <laughs> <laughs>
5: No, but it was good and I just have to say to to both of you like it brought me to tears like I sobbed really hard during the movie not because it was sad, but I covered the super tornado outbreak of 2011 in Tupelo, Mississippi. I was a local meteorologist at the time. So I covered all three rounds of severe weather. We were on air total 18 hours, like the rolling up of the sleeves of the meteorologist, like that's what happens. And him getting scared and just thinking, have you talked to my wife? Like, It was so real because that happened to my chief meteorologist. And so I was just like, oh, my gosh, like it took me back to that day. And I was just so amazed by all the detail, even the glass of water on the kitchen counter. Like I, I noticed everything. But what I really noticed as well is the expanse of debris. It wasn't just like an acre of debris. It was like acres of debris. And it looked like what you would think, like it really reminded me of the Joplin tornado. And yeah, yeah. like the trees cut off and everything. So I have to know, how did you guys do that? Did you bring in like dump trucks of debris? Like how did that all
6: happen? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> so we, for, for a lot of the aftermath locations, like the, the residential area um, in particular, you know, we found a subdivision that had not yet been built so we had roads and curbs and a few fire hydrants and things like that, but nothing else. And then we brought in 80 dumpster loads worth of building debris. Wow. And scattered it. Um, and our production designer, Ian Phillips, and, and his whole team did such a tremendous job because we provided them with so much visual reference for accurate tornado aftermath. And they spent so much time, you know, cr- moving, moving building debris around to create you know, recreate what that aftermath would actually look like. Um, The trees, some of the trees are practical. Um, You know, again, our production designers spend so much time, every time we drive past junk on the side of the road, people say, oh, there's some trash. He's like, it's not trash, it's art. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But we, you know, some of the trees are practical, but some of them are also computer generated. And that also, you know, Travis can speak to those ones because all of those you know, we we had at a certain point a shot where it was all, and then visual effects backfilled the debris. So we have practical debris in the foreground, and then they've matched it to make it look uh-huh. on forever. Uh, so the actors have physical material to work with, and it's it's real. Um, but then the, the backfill is computer generated. But then we had the final shot, and there weren't, and something was missing. And Travis. It's like it's the trees.
1: We need more. We need more trees. She's calling me a pain in the ass again. <laughs> but yes, I don't know if you can say that on 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 your show. But I. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> we, okay, wonderful. We um, yeah. I mean, we got halfway through the VFX process, and we had these amazing scenes of destruction. But something is missing. And like, I I've I've been. I've seen tornado aftermath, and it was the trees. It's it gives this this depth of destruction where everything is leveled and you have these um, these kind of monuments of destruction sticking out and going to the to the horizon. and that's that's what was missing. Um, so yeah, and we we looked to Joplin and Moore and Tuscaloosa and Greensburg. those were all the the, you know, sadly uh, visual references that we looked to. To make sure that we got this right, um, a fun fact for you is that it was the same company that delivered our like eighty dump trucks full of rubble to the the practical sets. Same company delivered all of the rubble for the Twister sets twenty whatever years ago. So we have our little uh, little Twister connection there. So they oh knew gosh. what they were doing. Yeah, <laughs> no, this wasn't their first rodeo. No, <laughs> no. no.
0: So I'll say this and 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 Lindsay there's obviously there's a lot of going on in this little town um before before the tornado hits uh and it's really cool and and interesting how you it's like a Star Wars movie someone's related to somebody and this person knows that person who's connected over here to that and and I just I found that really neat as the movie went on and you saw those connections but did, was this original idea? Was this to be like a social drama film, and you threw in the disaster, or was it supposed to kind of be a disaster film, and you just thought, let's add a little social drama on the front end? Uh, how did this start out?
6: I think it started with tornado movie. Like, let's make a tornado movie, and uh, and really from the social impact side of it, but more from the weather messaging side. That was you know initially what we were talking about like i was talking about before all those communication problems um and then the more we were talking about it and the more we were talking about each one of um you know whether their their specific issue and then we started to break out who would these characters be um how do they what are they going through and it really what it was started to create was a world that was this sort of microcosm of global issues like these this could be it is a town in the middle of oklahoma it could be anywhere um and the tornado then acts as a leveler i mean a tornado is a natural phenomenon that can rip through and uh you know devastate it's a social leveler like it, it devastates the world in minutes and it, it it erases those differences in doing so as well, because I think often in the aftermath, people, you know, in the before world, everybody's quite inward looking and they're looking at their own problems and their own life and it's all about them. And then afterwards, they're much more, all of those differences are gone um, as they, they work to help and save one another. And then though by the end with this film you know, we didn't want to wrap everything up neatly in a bow. Um, so some, some endings are not what we would expect them to be. Because in life, not everybody, you know, not, ev- not everybody's perspective shifts after a, a horrific event, whether it is a natural disaster or any other life changing event that comes through people's worlds. Um, I feel like I totally digressed from that question. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you, you had me at leveled. You're like the tornado is a level. I'm like, yes, it is. It but there's is. a
6: lot. There's a lot going on. It definitely started as a tornado movie, and we always wanted to make it at that and about in nature and the natural phenomenon and the beauty of it and being true to that. And then the world needed to be real and authentic too you know we wanted this film to be grounded in the real world we wanted the characters to feel real like real people with real issues that people face every day and you know likewise we wanted the tornado to be real and feel natural and not be a giant blue cg cone um so the whole the whole world was crafted to have that sense of authenticity um And obviously at the same time, it's very contrived because everybody is, you know, everybody does match up. Um, but that was, that was not easy. You know, we, we often would certain storylines would go one direction and have to pull it back and think, Oh no, that person is connected to that person and they were just there. And, um, so it took many, many iterations to, to get it, to make sense.
1: That was the fun part though. (laughs)
3: <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, Travis. Listen, uh, the, the tornado scene where, um, uh, sorry, the little girl's name,
6: Peyton. Peyton.
3: She's out on the street and she's looking up at the tornado and she's got that moment of like, uh, almost like a smile on her face, right? Like she's like, "This is incredible." What? What was the inspiration for that tornado? Like, was it was there was there one that like visually that it's supposed to represent?
1: Um, I would say that there's not. I mean, spoiler alert, it's Tescott, uh, the Tescott tornado. Storm chasers out there know the one. I was on that storm and then bailed on it, which I never do, but I did that day. So I missed that tornado, which sucked, but especially now that we've used Tescott in the film. Yeah, um, but I will, uh, no, I will say though. Um, like what we didn't want to do was go with that, like stereotypical tornado that people see the perfect tornado coming 30 minutes away. You know, we wanted to show audiences also that not every tornado looks like the wizard of Oz or, you know, all of the tornadoes in, in Twister, much as I love it. Like we wanted to show a dark, messy, uh, kind of evil tornado we went rain wrapped and you know when it gets to to that point where peyton's standing out in front of it she's right in there in the bear cage the precip core has has gone by and she's she's in there with the beast so i don't think there was a specific tornado that we were kind of trying to emulate but definitely going with the notion that we wanted to show audiences uh, you know, one of those other characteristic uh, tornadoes—that's not just what everybody expects. Um, and I'll tell you that when we created that tornado, we found we—I've—I I've watched every single video of tornadoes that was ever shot in 4K before we settled on that one. Um, and then we augmented it with um, vis- VFX flying debris. We also had. Lindsay had the, the wind machine blowing toward Peyton in the tornado, but then we also augmented that with VFX to give their kind of a, a ground dust blowing toward the tornado being sucked toward it. Um, we have a tornado. Um, we took a, there's a bit toward the end where the roof flat cut gets sucked into it from the right. That's a piece that was augmented from another tornado video video out there that's super famous. I want to say it's Attica, Kansas, but I might be mistaken right now. And then we kept adding to it. Again, this is where I, like we're in the VFX studio. and like, you can get really carried away when you're a tornado geek in a VFX studio. And we were adding power flashes and, uh, you know, flying sticks and like it. Ultimately took a lot of self-restraint not to just like load it up.
4: (laughs) (laughs) No, it was it was awesome. I mean, we all here have seen a ton of different weather movies. And for me, from my perspective, I'm going to go ahead and say that this was the most meteorologically accurate weather movie that I have seen. And it's, it's by a long shot. Um, storms came from supercells. I mean, that in itself set you <laughs> miles apart from a lot of the other weather movies out there. So, you mean um, not
3: blue skies?
4: <laughs> shocking, right? <laughs> Tornadoes from Stratus. Yeah, but one right. of the things, so despite that, there were still, and tell me if I'm crazy, I saw Tips of the Hat. To a lot of meteorological references out there. I saw what I felt like were subtle tips of the hat to Twister, to James Span, to a whole bunch of little things like that while I'm watching this. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, am I reading too much into this? Or did you guys sneak some of that stuff in there? Because I swear to God, I saw it.
1: We had, we again looked at every visual reference in the book. James Span is a hero and you know we we watched every every broadcast out there from you know the live broadcast when tornadoes are are impacting towns like you know more in 2013 and Joplin and Tuscaloosa you know I I don't know the one but there's I think it's in it's a it's a tornado that impacted Tupelo several years ago where it's not the same thing but the reporter leaves the Leaves the broadcast um, because the tornado, the velocity couplet's going right over the studio. So, I mean, we definitely kind of uh, we definitely looked and considered all of that in really talking about who who Peter Facinelli Facinelli's character Brad was, because again, he it it's the character that needs to be telling people what and how to do it you know and and so i think just the accuracy of that was was essential
2: Lindsay, i gotta ask this you know we were talking about introductor earlier and i actually had to kind of look it up i hadn't seen it but i think this movie may actually get people just from hearing this want to go back and watch that movie because i saw the trailer and i cried of introductor now you may jen cry In this, were you supposed to make Jen cry in this movie?
6: With the sky? (laughs) And there are moments, certainly, I hope. I I love when you make people cry. I mean, anyway, anytime, then you know they're emotionally connected, and that's the goal. Um, So. I, I think this has this has moments where I hope that by the end, you know, it's all, all through it, you know, before the tornado as it's about to hit, you're going to wonder what's happened to people. You're going to want to reconnect with all of our characters, um, that we have that emotional connection. Wind uh I hope people go back and watch it. It is a beautiful film and um, it's truly beautiful film. It's a tough uh, the subject matter on paper sounds tough but it truly is a beautiful beautiful film that um, I hope people will leave feeling uplifted from um, uh, yeah
2: yeah I want to watch it looks like it's done very very well I'm like oh I gotta watch that one too
6: <laughs> Brilliant. well
0: hey I, I want to uh, Lindsay and, and Travis thanks so much for uh, joining us tonight uh, we had a great time and, and it, it is an amazing movie it was a great movie um, my wife and I are, are, going to see it Saturday, uh, here South of Cincinnati. So, um, certainly wish awesome. you guys luck, uh, this weekend and, and apparently next weekend, Travis, you set up in Canada as well. Is that correct?
1: Cool. That is right.
0: So, um, I, I guess, do me a favor, Lindsay, how, how can people, you know, find the film, learn more about the film? Um, where, where would you like to send them?
6: Absolutely. So Fandango is the best place to find local listings right now. Uh, AMC is our uh, exhibition partner, but it's a uh, select theater. So Fandango is the best place to go to find uh, times and locations to watch, uh, watch 13 minutes um, and go watch it this weekend. See it Friday, see it Saturday, see it Sunday. Um, this is the weekend to see it. So just get out there, bring everybody, you know,
0: so, so how can people uh, find you on? Are you on social media? Can they follow you somewhere?
6: Absolutely. So I'm uh Dot Gosling uh, on at at Dot um, and my company is Involving Pictures. Which is Involving Very Pictures. good.
0: And then and Travis, uh, uh, the the borders back open, so we're hoping to see you down here again this spring. I hope, right? But you, uh, you will. It's sweet. So how how can our listeners find you?
1: Uh, I'm on Twitter. Um, I don't know what my handle is. I'm Travis. You can search through them. But uh, no, I think uh, it might be TJ Parncombe on Twitter, but I'm around. I'm
0: so you use it a lot is what you're saying. You're on there all the time. <laughs>
1: <Exactly>. <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm not no better the follow. at turning on my own television set. <laughs> is, follow. Yeah. Don't find me. Don't find me. <laughs> no, find, <laughs> me, find me. Find me. <laughs> I don't know.
6: Always in Hailstones has an Instagram.
1: Oh, yeah. HighwaysandHailstones.com is a, is a really great place to start, for sure. A,
0: a quick talk about that, because I think that's a neat site. Quick mention that.
1: Yeah, for sure. Highways and Hailstones is a site where chasers um, can come together as a community, have a place to kind of uh, connect and display their content and kind of create their own portfolio and, and, and display and showcase their storm chase. Lives um, in kind of a community setting. So we're, uh, we're working on lots of things, I guess.
0: Cool. Well, I, I, yeah. I appreciate you guys' time. This All right. Appreciate fun. it, guys. Good, you. Luck. Thanks, Good luck. Good luck this weekend. Thanks, yeah, see ya. Hey, the 13-minutes movie, uh, that's got me hot to chase, guys. But Chasers and Storm Freaks, they are converging on Midwest City, Oklahoma. If you guys know where that is, it's right near uh, Oklahoma City, uh, they're coming January 21st and 22nd to hear from some of the top chasers and forecasters across the country. Uh, the lineup of speakers and teachers, they've got some great teaching moments. Um, you got to hear what this is. It's amazing. And, and many are actually past guests of, of our show. Uh, Reed Timmer, Gabe Garfield, Tim Marshall, Brett Adair, Jessica Moore is doing a photography session. Uh, Daniel Shaw from Australia is going to be coming up and more. Um, you can join us as well if you register at chasersummit.com. That's chasersummit.com to get all the details and uh, go ahead and register, get your tickets. So uh, we'll see you January uh, in Midwest City, Oklahoma. But uh, on that, it's time for a break. Uh, go ahead and guys grab your refill and we'll be back with hashtag Weatherfools and some great new WX resources for you.
3: Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat.
2: Oh yeah, welcome back to the show. Time now for Hashtag Weather Fools. This is the part of the show where people really wish they hadn't done what they just did or if they didn't wish that they're just really really bad weather fools so kick us off for tonight is jen you're going to speak to us in braille i understand is that right
5: that's exactly what i'm going to do so i have two of them and they're both related to the nor'easter that impacted the northeast uh earlier this week but this is a crazy video right now you've got power flashes because the wind was so strong, it was knocking down power poles and it set Ooh. trees on fire. Ooh. Like, look ah. at that, isn't that so crazy? And this guy is out there filming it with the fire, like the trees on fire. Ah, and perfectly safe. Down. Yeah, definitely. Looks like, like he's no. got a
0: helmet on, he's fine.
5: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So the, he's the weatherful right now because there's a huge power flash and explosion and he's like, she's right. trying to get back and it's just yeah. like, what is he doing? He should not be out there. So we've got that one. Then we've got another one with all the flooding from the nor'easter and you've got like several no. different cars and about three feet of water oh, very no. high I know, right? And then you've got this big van. Like Literally, you can see all the streets in this intersection are covered in water. There's lightning, everything else, and there's a lady stuck in her car. Look at that. Yeah, and this van is just plowing right through it and splashing water everywhere. It's just, yeah, it's not being smart at all. Wow,
0: wow. I don't even know if that made it across. Did that make it across? It didn't look I'm like it. I'm not sure. I, oh, I, I don't even know. Nothing good happens with a van. I'm just saying right now. So. You
5: know. <laughs> it was not It Best weather pools ever. By the way, yeah. That
2: was That Was amazing. I enjoyed that a lot. All right, Serena, can you top that?
4: I'm going to try. It's going to be really hard, but I also <laughs> have a flooding one, and this oh is one my where God. The- it's not just a truck. But with a they have livestock with the, back there, a livestock trailer, it's a big truck. He's got That's a group. They Oh, he didn't make, they make it, it, it through shocker.
0: Can't He's the cows hold, hold their Spoiler. breath for a long time?
4: So, anywho, it's um, yeah, hoping there were no animals in there, but yeah, another yahoo <laughs> who thinks they can drive through flood water.
0: Pigs, if there are the pigs, they probably can't hold their breath as long as the cows good. That's what <laughs> I read that somewhere. I swear to God, <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs>
2: Sorry. Okay, okay uh, Phil
0: yeah I got something I do I actually, it's been hard it's been hard you guys don't know how hard it's been <laughs> finding weather fools it's been really hard Jen you're rubbing off on me uh, but hey so this is uh, from Twitter uh, Josh Cozart WX uh, a lovely day at Walt Disney World. Yet it's storming outside, and and if you watch the video, uh this is at Walt Disney World, and you see the lightning, oh wow, like right there. And he's just hanging out outside. He's he might be under a tree, but <laughs> if better. you got lightning that close, a tree is not where you want to be. <clears throat> yeah. uh, at Walt Disney World, when you get weather like that, they they had some uh, storms go through there today. You guys saw that? Yeah, look at
5: all that lightning. He is not. I don't even know, know. why he's yeah. Definitely now going.
0: I will say this, you know, Mickey Mouse. I did. I have also read that mice can hold their breath for like <laughs> five minutes underwater. So, <laughs> I mean, it's it's amazing how long. So Mickey and Minnie, they're fine. I'm not worried about them. But Josh, different story.
5: True facts. Very true
2: facts. All right. Well, if you want to catch those videos and probably some the uh, director's cut as well on that one, if you want to go to StormfrontFreaks.com. Click on episode 143 in the show
0: notes section. Christmas is in the air.
4: So I guess with weather resources today, we're we're viewing it as a gift that's why we're playing Christmas music. Otherwise, I don't understand why we're doing that. But here we go. We are talking about weather resources. These are going to be cool websites or things that we find that we think could be really helpful to you guys out here in the weather community. So uh, I'll go ahead and start. I've got two. The first is uh, you won't hear me say the word climate very often. Being a meteorologist, I, I feel like if you're climatologist, you should talk about climate. If you're a meteorologist, you should talk about meteorology. But there's something really cool about being able to take a Look out. Wow, you're taking um, a
0: stand with that comment.
4: Yeah, I am. Sorry. Wow.
0: <laughs> We're, we're going to start getting letters. Yeah, that's
4: okay. I got to keep MJ busy. Um, I, think, you know, I love this website because it allows you to look out a week, two weeks, a month, three months out in advance and see how are things trending. And there is some serious cold air that is going to be making a plunge down towards the Midwest and the mid-Atlantic regions. We're looking at some seriously cool air coming. And because you are listening to this podcast, you are also now in the know. So if you check out websites like this, like the Climate Prediction Center's website, it can help keep you in the no two really well the second resource i have are,
0: so are you a cold weather person serena do you uh, like that like you like the cold weather or I, you do you prefer I mean, laying
4: on the beach <laughs> you know being in new england now i've i've definitely getting more and more acclimated so i'm enjoying it more as time goes along it's been really warm here all this fall and so uh
0: it's gonna be cold sorry acclimated that doesn't sound too uh, like excited. Like, oh, I love the cold. No, I'm getting acclimated to the cold weather.
4: Yeah, that's that's me in November. Come December through like March, I'm like, yes, nor'easters. I'm it, okay. I'm acclimating.
0: Oh, that's fair. That's fair.
4: <sighs> I gotta be honest. Um, that's fair. And so then the other weather resource I have is for this huge outbreak that we just had, um, you know, four or five days ago here. The St. Louis Office of the National Weather Service has just recently released kind of an overview and talked about um, storm tracks and tornado tracks, the EF ratings, summaries of it, the path lengths and widths, all the information that you would like, pictures really going through the details of all the tornadoes um, that occurred in that outbreak. So a real fun opportunity to just totally geek out on some recent weather um, information if you guys missed the chase. So those are my two. Um, Jen, how about we go over to your weather resource?
5: Yes. Yeah, so I'm going to share my screen. It's good incredible weather resource. So I love the Storm Prediction Center. And this is in lieu of the movie 13 Minutes, uh, where we just talked to them about it. And so there's so many different unique resources of the Storm Prediction Center. It's so easy for us to just look at the severe weather outlooks, but it's great for weather forecasting too. And especially if you just want a quick like split second view of what is all the conditions like right now, you know, from basically, you know, 700 millibars, 500 millibars to the surface to even higher than that, all the things. So I love going to the comp map, which we will have a link to this in the show notes, but you can literally layer everything on top of each other, looking at the temperatures, the dew points, the cape, um, lapse rates, um, surface obs, all of that. And it's really fun if you want to look at different discrepancies and different things, just to get a quick snapshot of what it's like uh, across the United States. So I'm a huge fan of that if I just want to take a quick peek at everything. So that is my weather resource.
4: Nice. Can't go wrong with something from the Storm Prediction Center. That's awesome. Greg, tell us about your weather resource.
3: Well, my weather resource is, uh, I think, I I think a, kind of an interesting one. Um, uh, it's called the Global Hazards Weekly Bulletin. And this is a website which cata- catalogs... Um, Anything that that has happened uh, in week by week, uh, day by day uh, or anywhere on Earth. And uh, you can actually like just as an example this week, uh, Japan volcano Mount Azo erupts spewing ash smoke miles into the sky and you can click on it and uh, um, get more information about it. And it, it's amazing how much stuff actually goes on that you never hear about on the news, and you can actually uh, uh, you know find it here on this Global Hazards Weekly.
2: I just saw yellow fever in Venezuela.
5: I know, so did I.
3: It's like whoa, yeah, yeah.
5: I can't. It's be really cool, though. I don't think I've ever like. Great find, like Gold Star there.
3: Right? Yeah, All right, yeah, so yeah,
0: what yeah. I, I'm going to claim this now, Greg. We're we're going to start an additional podcast where it's just going to kind of be a global news uh, mm. podcast of of destructive crap like this, and right. we're just going to we'll cover this. We'll just look at the website and say, Hey, did you hear this happened in Puerto Rico? And did you hear this happen in the Philippines?
3: Yeah. Well, this is like there this we week uh, Australia's biggest ever hailstones. Damaged Whoa, cars and shattered yeah. windows I and saw that. Yeah. that how cool. big is it? Uh, awesome. I don't, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how big it is, Maz.
4: I think they were like six inches or something, like somewhere in the ballpark is six. I thought I remember reading. Yeah, yeah. It was the
0: it's biggest no South Dakota hailstone, but no. it, it was big.
4: Yeah. It was good for Australia yeah. for sure.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, yeah.
4: Well, thank you, Greg. That's a that's mm. a fantastic resource. Yeah. Phil, what you got?
0: All right, so this is a mouthful. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna try and get this out. Uh, So I go to this for – have an opportunity to see, like especially when I'm chasing or if I know there's storms going up somewhere, uh, to basically access what I call GOES 220, 221, whatever it takes. Uh, And if you've seen Mr. Mom, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, If you haven't, and that has obviously dated me quite a bit, um, this gives an opportunity to basically pull up a number of the GOES satellites uh, as well as others across the world. Uh, but you can zoom in. So let's, uh, yeah, let's let's do this here. And it basically gives you all of the uh, cloud uh, cover, precipitative cover. Um, there you can see the low there uh, happening. But anyway, you, you pull it up. But if if you go, like we were just talking Florida, right? Let's pull up Florida. They were having some storms earlier today. Uh, we saw, who was it? Josh in, in Florida was probably outside at Disney World when he shouldn't have been. And it it gives you an opportunity to kind of see a loop of the cloud cover. Now, the other thing you can do, and and if, you know, those of you that like to do videos and talk about weather, you know, you can do things like, hey, and if you see right here and you can, you know, you can draw on it, um, you Mm. know, circle the things you want to highlight. Um, There's a follow feature, which basically allows you to, let's say there's a supercell you want to follow and then record that video you can just track that supercell, and it'll follow the supercell and not be stationary on a geographical point. Um, but d- there's lots of other stuff I guarantee you you can do with this wow. that uh, I don't know how to do, but this is Colorado State's Regional and Mesoscale Meteorology Branch Slider. So it's short, uh, that's RAMBA, RAMBA, R A M M B slider. So actually, you just go to Google and you search R-A-M-M-B slider. uh, It'll take you right to it. But really neat. You can check out the whole world. It's awesome.
4: Oh, I have a better idea, Phil. Why don't they go to the Stormfront Freaks website, stormfrontfreaks.com, check out episode 143 show notes, and you're going to be able to see these links and this is a week i think you're gonna really want to see all these links so go there and check it out
0: you're brilliant you are brilliant that's that's a better wx resource than all of ours combined i know it that was amazing hey i got a special little treat for you guys tonight just because i feel like handing out christmas gifts um you guys remember gary england's wasted weather clip (laughs) clear
3: and mild then we're going to have warm nights and hot days is that a surprise you know, I've done about 30,000 of these shows. And I, He's and like I celebrating his last gear. show. <laughs> uh, how many ways can you say hot? Anybody any- <laughs> <laughs> That's Exactly how he should have gone out. Maybe a little bit cooler uh, uh, Sunday, Monday time frame.
0: Like- I don't know. Good old Gary. So, hey, that, uh, that just about does it for this episode of Stormfront Freaks Podcast. Uh, Thanks for listening and watching. Before I announce our next guest, if you like the show, don't forget to subscribe to or follow uh, Stormfront Freaks Network so you get notified and receive the latest episodes of our show and El Nino's delivered right to your podcast player the moment they get released. You can also visit Uh, patreon.com slash stormfrontfreaks and check out all the ways you can do uh, more with us and we can do with you in uh, supporting the show whether it's live access to view and chat during our raw video recordings like tonight with our 13 minutes guests or exclusive merch maybe even join us and our guests in the green room Uh, all you got to do visit patreon.com slash stormfrontfreaks to join the team uh, and those of you that already are, thanks for supporting the show. We got an awesome group. We actually, we've also started a uh, what's that um, social platform? Discord. Uh, Discord. 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 Oh, Discord. Ding ding <laughs> ding. Uh, that was good. Good job, Greg. <laughs> you you win the prize. Uh, we yeah. started a Discord with a lot of our guests that we've had on the show before and our patreon members so it's kind of a a neat way to uh be checking in a little a little quieter right now with not so many storms going on but uh it's always a fun group to uh to listen in special thanks as well we we already congratulated them earlier but uh, lindsey gosling and travis uh you guys got to make sure you check out this movie we haven't had a good you know storm disaster kind of flick for a while and Uh, this certainly is is an outstanding one and adds a little bit of drama on the front end as we talked about character development and all that Uh, it's a good show so make sure you check that out this weekend 13 minutes Um, and let's uh, let's go around freaks kind of find out how people can uh, follow you guys find your content greg we'll start with you where can people find you and uh, camera easy
3: uh, Tornado Greg on uh, all social media, and like you said, Camera Easy. Uh, that's my website where I teach people how to use their cameras.
0: That's CameraEasy.ca. .ca. Right? Because because it's Canada website. Canada. It's Canada. Canada. Right? Canada. All right, uh, uh, Jen. We'll go to you. How can people follow you? Find your uh, yeah. your uh, podcast
5: yes uh jennifer weather on instagram and at j watson underscore wx on twitter somebody else has jennifer weather on twitter and i'm trying to grab it I yeah i know and they're not find out where boring. they live exactly don't
0: worry we'll take it. care of it for you, you Got it. don't worry <laughs> not a problem i love it that's you. like sylvester stallone that was horrible all right maz how can people follow you find you I'm
2: like, Travis, you can't find me anywhere. Just saying. So uh, I don't know. It's I not worth it. it. Is what? that what you're saying? Not worth it? Is that what you're no, saying or what? He didn't know where he was. Okay. Anyway. He's an enigma. Uh, let's see. Where, where am I uh, at? Money. Money. Thank you. Money storm for you.
4: Yes.
3: and <laughs> <laughs> drinking.
2: Greggles is
4: drinking. <laughs> uh, he also so- logs in a lot.
0: He does, yeah. Serena, how about you?
4: Uh, for me, everything is WX Serena with a CY to confuse the hell out of you. So you can find me on Instagram, on Facebook, and on Twitter.
0: Very good. You can find me on Twitter at PhilStormPod and right here at Stormfront Freak. Hey, our next episode, we're back recording on Thursday, November 11th. We are recording raw for our patron, uh, Patreon members with Storm Chaser and photographer Jim Tang is going to be gr- uh, joining us. Mm. Uh, amazing uh, photographer and chaser, so we're looking forward to finally getting him on the show. You can join us and watch live through patreon.com slash So for Greg and MJ and Jen, Maz, Serena, and uh, we got Angela and Dan here as well, I'm going to go ahead and signal the all clear, and we're going to catch you guys next time. Good night, everybody.
5: Bye bye.
2: Bye guys. Thank you for listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. Find our bi-weekly show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio or your favorite podcast app and watch our live and recorded shows on YouTube. For show notes, additional information about this episode as well as past and upcoming shows, videos, photos, merchandise and more. Visit our website at stormfrontfreaks.com. While you are there, check out our live interactive storm chaser radar provided by our friends at zoomradar.com. If you would like to contact us with questions or make comments about the show, shoot us an email to questions at stormfrontfreaks.com or follow us on Twitter or Facebook. Search Stormfront Freaks. We'd love to hear from you. Join us next time and
4: tell a friend about the Stormfront Freaks podcast.